Welcome to Season 2 of Ing Podcast, a production of Menno Media's Leader Magazine. One, two, three, ha! When the snow melts high on the mountaintop, it's on its way back home. Run down to the river, meet another raindrop, it's on its way back home. What does it mean to authentically follow Jesus? Each week, Ing Podcast invites you to join us on a journey. Join us as we talk with people of faith who are creatively thinking, growing, and being. People who are reimagining and exploring what it means to enrich faith in a complex world. Our conversation begins now. Join us as we journey together. Friends, welcome back to Ing Podcast. I'm really excited today to be sitting down with two people from the Walking Roots Band. Uh, this is a band that I personally have enjoyed a number of times. Uh, friends, essentially from your college years, who got together and uh, created something really special that has continued on for a number of years, a number of album projects, and a number of other things, too. I'm uh, really excited to have Greg and Seth here with me today. Uh, fellas, would you please introduce yourselves to those who may not know you? Uh, I'm Greg Yoder, member of the Walking Roots Band, father of three, and uh, looking forward to getting a new puppy in a couple weeks. What? Oh boy, that's exciting. <laughs> Seth Chrisman, play music with the band, write music, and enjoy living in Harrisonburg, Virginia. We have four little ones and uh, live in the northeast neighborhood of Harrisonburg and have life here it's wonderful we'll get to the the kind of music that you play and how it all unfolds in a little bit but i'm curious if you can talk about your origin story how did uh, this band come together how did you form and how did you find each other yeah like you alluded to ben we were at emu together um jackson moss mitchell yoder myself and christina landis at the time who's now married to greg um they're married to each other and uh, we started playing music together, little bits and pieces, doing stuff on campus, uh, both in sacred spaces that the you know EMU was trying to facilitate um, as leading worship and that sort of thing, as well as doing coffee houses and playing in each other's homes. And yeah, mm. it was a, a lot of fun um, playing other people's music. Greg went to Goshen uh, College, and whenever he sort of moved to Harrisonburg and they moved to Harrisonburg. We started writing our own music and playing a lot more together, things that we had written ourselves and Greg kind of sparked that journey. And so for the last 10 years that we've played music with Greg, 12 years, maybe um, it's been the game changer. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. What is the total number of uh, members of the band at this point? I know you've had a couple of different iterations of people in and out. Uh, how many people have uh, been a part of the Walking Roots? We have seven members currently, and there are two people who are have been part of the band and no longer are. If you go back before it was the Walking Roots band, the group that became the Walking Roots band had another handful of people uh that have been in but uh yeah it's 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 a, a loose affiliation although not that loose yeah your website describes your genre as acoustic americana folksy bluish grassy roots music and uh i'm curious um i i think that's an accurate description having heard you a few times but is it 
is it really that you're just drawn to uh, lots of different styles of music and this is sort of the end result what comes out or or were you specifically influenced by certain genres and strive to be in that in that space um how do you describe the way you sound yeah how, how do you describe art you know it's really <laughs> like <laughs> i yeah it's tricky i i feel like we found like a a corner a niche a, a voice for the way that we like to create music we don't always know exactly how to describe it we definitely would have different influences um musically but i think just sort of like yeah working together uh we're it's a real collaborative effort uh, both not just in performing and when we're hauling up our instruments and gear across <laughs> across our, our region to play music um, but for songwriting for arranging we work really collaboratively and so different points when different writers from within the band write music it has a different bend and feel and so yeah folk Americana like we use these words all the time um, they catch pretty broadly depending on who you're talking to Um so, yeah, we're somewhere in there, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that answered the question or not, Greg. I don't either. It's a difficult question to answer. I would say that we uh, have the instruments that we have, and we use them to make the music that we make, and then we struggle to put labels on it, uh, and that's the best that we've been able to do. Or we did that at one point and we just stuck with it uh, in terms of describing the music. When you don't know how to describe something, just say something silly. Yeah, exactly. Like, hopefully that will be winsome. That's right. I'm really fascinated by your relationship to faith. Um, You've chosen intentionally at times to focus on music from the church, um, but you're not sort of exclusively that either. Um, Can you talk about that uh, journey, that that intentionality to to draw parts of your faith to to what you're creating? We create from our lives. We write we create music from the whole tapestry of our life and faith is an important part of our life. Uh, and so of course, some of the music that we write like connects closely with what it means to follow Jesus sort of within for us, for us, it's within this Anabaptist tradition, um, within the Mennonite church. But, uh, that's, that's, it's part of it. It's part of our, you know, Greg, Greg was farming for a while and we wrote a lot of farming songs and a lot of our bandmates grew up on farms and we wrote songs about, the land and about seed and about what it means to hope <laughs> like farmers mm-hmm. so often do. And yeah, I mean, as our lives change are the songs that we write change. And so I think, I don't think I could, I don't think we could write music that never connects with our faith, but I think it would be, it'd be really strange to only write music just about our faith for us because we write about our whole lives mm-hmm. and there it's, it's, it's connected together. 
Mm. I think that we've always really valued the ability to be in spaces that are faith spaces and and share music that's not explicitly faith music, but is informed and infused with our experience of faith in community um, and also be in spaces that are not faith spaces and to share music that is explicitly um, faith-based and informed and, and to be able to sort of represent that uh, whole life. Um, yeah. The, the music and the art is a reflection of our whole lives and, and faith is not a, a cordoned off part of our lives, but it's, it's integral, it's interwoven and the other parts of our lives um, inform our experience of faith and, and are part of our, you know, faith community. I like that. It's sort of, you know, it's all a kaleidoscope, I guess, of, of things coming together and you're, you're just sort of being authentic and honest about where you are in the world when you draw these different aspects, whether it's farming or faith or, you know, wherever you, you wind up, there's a lot of, um, Shenandoah Valley themes running throughout your music as well, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's it's hard not to when you live in a place like that. Look out the window and be inspired and and want to reflect on where you find yourself. Um, I, there's some intentionality to that relationship, maybe a coupling at times. So I'm thinking about Shelter, a hymn reclamation project, where you were sort of more intentionally drawing mm-hmm. on uh, songs from the traditions you've grown up in, trying to reinvent them in some ways. And I think you've even worked. Close Mostly with Eastern Mennonite Seminary at times to to be creating sort of alongside the church. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah. When I was at EMS, um, we were one of the disciplines that I was encouraged to engage in was praying through music. And so it seemed really natural. We had a, a collection of prayers that we had composed and we were looking for a sponsor to help do a little bit of studio time. This is seven years, eight years ago. Um, and so, uh, and, and they were, they were obviously really excited about, um, the direction of that. Yeah, rather than reinventing hymns, I would or the hymns of our childhood and growth. It's just a recognition that songs fall in and out of favor in 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 traditions. And so, you know, we just Mental Media just we just did a new hymnal, you know, and there's some songs yeah, that yeah. that that got included and some songs that didn't. And so, recognizing that there's value even in the songs that well, even if they're in the collection of the of book of the book Perhaps they're not as often used as, as some other songs. Maybe it's a tune that was written. Maybe it was a tune that was written 100 years after the words. Yeah. Maybe it's you know, there's lots of different reasons that songs are forgotten or are sort of pushed aside. And so it was more of a, a, like, like a treasure hunt mm-hmm. of looking for songs, texts that say something profound theologically in our moment now that maybe aren't readily rising in people's brains when they're thinking about their sung um experience with church music and also it it is continues to be a 
a spiritual discipline for us, like connecting mm-hmm. with these texts that have been part of faith communities for hundreds of years and have th- their uh, battle tested is not the word that I want to use, but it's that sort of thing. Like the, for a peace yeah, church. Th- doesn't really work <laughs> for a peace church, but, uh, but it, it has that um, they've been, they've been tested on the road. They have, they've been around yeah. for a while and, and there's something everlasting in, in those words. And so to, right. to think about how to set them in a new way, musically, you have to spend time with the words in a way that you might not otherwise. So we've, we've set a lot of texts that we never sang in church for, for one reason or another. Um, but we've, we've also set songs that we have sung, uh, and the texts are familiar to us, but, um, setting them in a new way allows us to think about them in a new way and to, and to sort of, um, sit with the texts and, and, um, go, go deeper with them. And, and Mm. something that Seth always says, so I'll, I'll let him actually say it, um, has, has to do with like, uh, the way giving old words, new music allows you to, um, hear them in a fresh way. When people ask you for a song that really summarizes who you are, what, what track do you point them to? That is a terrible question. We do not answer that question. <laughs> it's uh, that's a tricky one. I, I think in this moment, I would point people to uh, one of one of the tracks from the new album, the Waves May Crash EP. Um, I, I really love the text and the music that Seth wrote for a song that we call "Keep Watch," um, which has been in the works for many, many years. I don't remember. The The initial idea um, came four or five years ago, probably. And wow. we started working on it and never really finished it. And then um, towards the beginning half, uh, it's probably two or three months into the, like the pandemic. Yeah, May 2020. Um I don't. I don't know exactly what prompted Seth to pick it up again, but he he did, and and it just had a, a new depth of meaning and a new depth of feeling to it, and wow. uh, it, it finished itself pretty quickly um, yeah. then, and it's been a really uh, hopeful and powerful song for me as we've gone through this experience and. Give us rest. Don't look away. Keep watch over us. One of the things that I really value about the the band Don't is that um, it's it's also in a lot of ways our our community, our closest and and deepest community, and and we have the privilege and the opportunity to raise our kids together and mm. and I my kids are their faith is being formed by my friends who are deeply thoughtful and honest people in their reflections of faith and and so hearing my son walking around our house singing choruses that Seth has written is is a it's a huge gift and a blessing mm. to me wow oh, I love that there's a lot of different 
corners of our music that come to mind. I think yeah. at our best, our music is honest and speaks that song that greg referred to speaks like in some in some of the many of the psalms it's like it's like and as people were like god liberates the people up out of like enslavement right um in egypt like the reality is just really hard and mm-hmm. so like a lot like a lot of these like texts in hebrew scripture like they don't paint these like super rosy pictures it's like here's where yeah. we are we're in the wilderness like May God help us because we don't really have any other way. And there's there's been a lot of songs. I Greg's one. I mean, I I learned so much from songwriting about from Greg, and um, he has he has a song on the new one um, called "Almost Out of Words Again," which is one that I really love. Um, that's like been with me for a long time. Um, he has uh, yeah. I mean, there's so many. So I I think I think uh, just 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 pull one out and give it a listen and see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, and there's some balance too, Ben, between the 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 way that um, the the historical movement of hymnody, right, within the Christian tradition over the last yet yeah, you know centuries, millennia, right, um, and the fresh catching of yeah. of the spirits movement in our in our communities, in our midst, in the local church, in individuals as songwriters and otherwise, and there's something that. Uh, whenever, yeah, we're, we're trying to catch up both when we do some of those reclaimed hymns, but I, the church needs both. We need yeah. sort of this um, anchoring to something outside of this moment because I mean, it always feels like everything is brand new and like it's never been, but it's, so many things have been. And so being anchored into that tradition while also catching those fresh you know, whispers of the spirits movement in our communities, it's beautiful and something we, we're committed to. Yeah. Yeah. And it's reminding me of a, the conversation that I had with a few of the folks who put together that recent um, Voices Together hymnal project who talked about their initial desire was to hear congregations report what their heart songs were. I think that was the word that they used. You know, what are the things that you you sing and you immediately feel like you belong at a place. Mm. Um, but what they were surprised by was that across the denomination, there were different heart songs depending on where they right. were. And even in the, the same location, different churches across town would have different heart songs, um, yeah. different places of finding comfort. And uh, so we need that kind of tension of, of experiencing new things, returning to the old. And, uh, and it strikes me as well that music is also prophetic at times. It's not always just a place where we find peace and comfort, but a place where we're challenged. And sure. um, I'm wondering if you could reflect a little bit on that. Uh, does the walking roots um, also feel like nudging people from time to time, <laughs> not just singing songs that soothe us, but uh, but getting us perhaps to think beyond our comfort zones? Do we do we like to nudge people? Uh, you know, we write we write we write music that that comes out, and and at times those messages might might it. People are in different places, just like you mentioned, different communities within the same geographical area, the same there. There's very we've played in so many, so many <laughs> Anabaptist communities in the last 10 years. I mean, I'm trying to think if there are folks in the Mennonite in, in, in our in our in our little sphere of the world that have been in as many churches leading worship and and looking at their hymnals for what they sang the week before. And because we've been there in those spaces and listened to those church leaders talk about their songs and their communities. And 
to be honest, I think what that's done for me is it's given me a deep appreciation for the ways that they are trying to, in genuine ways, follow Jesus as a community. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and yeah, some of our music for, for some people will nudge them. Maybe it's, you know, we, we, we're in a tradition where 50 years, music that wasn't sacred 50 years ago, 60, I mean, in some of our, it's, it's not that far away that that was pretty, pretty far off and taboo. And so also, uh, instruments in church, instruments. not, yeah. not that yeah. long ago, right. Super, yeah. super taboo. Yeah. Within my lifetime, my home congregation added a piano. Like it was all, all four parts. So, so nudging is, you know, we, we, and Ben, yeah. we write, we write music that connects with the breadth of the church. Like we really do. And, um, and that's something we care about is creating music for inside and outside the church. And so, yeah, I think some of it will nudge folks in different directions, but we're, we have a pretty high view of how the spirit moves and blows in that, um, we don't, we try not to think too highly of ourselves that, um, somehow we have a, have a, uh, guess at exactly how that needs to happen and in what order. And I think that's helped us write music that's connected broadly. And then we hear about the way that people have received that music and it's so different, you know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. sometimes not at all what we were trying to do, but that's the, sp- yeah. I think it's the spirits movement. I've been really, uh, really moved by the responses that we've gotten to music where people have told us about how meaningful something that we have written has been for them in a certain moment. And sometimes it's the faith stuff and sometimes it's the other stuff. And, and I think there's the, the amount of, um, our, yeah, the amount of, um, our lives that are infused with this like openness to, um, to God and to the Holy spirit and to, uh, what it means to try to follow Jesus—that that stuff works its way into almost all of the music that we write in in one way, shape, or form—and and, and mm. so it's it's just really neat to see how the the that music um, has been um, just as meaningful to a lot of people as the as the music that's more explicitly sacred and and. Uh, more obviously sort of turning us to work. Carry your heart, oh son. Carry them to the river and wash them in the flood. Carry your heart, oh brother. Carry your heart, oh son. Carry them to the river and wash them in the This episode is brought to you in part by support from The Soil and the Seed Project. The Soil and the Seed Project creates original music, artwork, and little liturgies that follow the liturgical calendar. It is a free faith formation resource that offers new ways to establish daily and weekly rhythms of faith. Their latest collection, Volume 3, Ordinary Time, is live and available for streaming on all streaming platforms. The project is a gift to the church given freely to any individual or community who wants it. It is not sold. Request a physical copy of the project or download a digital copy for free at thesoilandtheseedproject.org. We just want to say thank you for being a listener of Ing Podcast. Thank you for continuing to journey with us and for helping to spread the word about this ongoing storytelling endeavor. 
Please share our episodes with people who you think might value from these conversations. We also hope you might consider advertising with Ing Podcast. Are you connected to an organization with similar values or themes? Consider becoming an episode or season sponsor. We'll help you reach our growing audience. To find out more, email joeh at menomedia.org. But you better wear a sweater. Give me that chill that makes the heart sing. There's something uh, wonderful and surprising, you know, I think about, uh, you know, rapping about sweater weather, um, you know, that that's not something necessarily you expect uh, when you go to hear an Americana or folk band performing, um, but you can be surprised by the joy that you find when, when that sort of thing occurs. Yeah. I will say we haven't gotten a whole lot of people saying that that song is particularly meaningful uh for them uh but but people do and generally seem to enjoy it yeah i mean there's a way there's something about also play and like yeah not taking yourselves too seriously to the point where like everything you create has to be so it's so sterilized where like it has to fit this exact and so i i think some of those songs are just like maybe just uh artifacts or <laughs> examples of our commitment to like life and living life in the full mm-hmm. way. And yeah, yeah. People connect with all sorts of stuff, you know? So, and, yeah. and I do think that in, especially in a live setting, like playing together, like we're playing with the audience when we share the, the more lighthearted and, and uh, comical songs or moments on stage and playing together helps us build the community that makes for those meaningful moments where yeah. we offer something of ourselves and people in the audience connect with that. So mm. I, th- I think it, it is, I mean, I, I believe in the, the sacredness of humor. I, I think that that is a, definitely a gift from God and, and being able to weave that into what we do, I think has allowed us to, yeah, to be in some spaces um, and to share music that we uh, might not have been able to do otherwise. So I know you've got something new here on the horizon. Um, can you talk about your latest project as a as a group? We started recording uh, this project like we were we were going into the studio right when COVID hit, and so uh, these are songs that we have been writing for. I don't know, a long time before that. Mm. Um, and we were excited to share them and, uh, and obviously we couldn't, um, like so many other musicians, it kind of turned a lot, a lot of that side of our world upside down as well as the rest of it. And so, uh, these are songs that we've been writing and just really excited to share with the world. Uh, but we didn't jump right to it. We kind of took a slight detour and wrote another project um, called Waves May Crash that is another collection of songs that deals with a little bit of our experience over the last 24 months. And that's already available to uh, folks who are interested in having it.
this new project, it's yeah, it's it's a uh, feels like a a deeper expression of ourselves than maybe even some of our previous work that we've done. These two, I'm super pumped about. One of the really uh, wonderful things to grow out of uh, your work together is a music festival. Um, I've never had the privilege of going, but maybe someday I can make that journey down to the Shenandoah Valley for the Sing Me High Music Festival. Can you talk a little bit about um, what that is and what it's become? The Sing Me High Music Festival is a celebration of music and faith in the Shenandoah Valley. Uh, It is co-hosted by the Walking Roots Band and the Brethren and Mennonite Heritage Center. This year, it will be August 26 and 27. And I can tell you all of those things because uh, I used to work for the Heritage <laughs> Center and uh, uh, the festival was a big part of my uh, work there um, and was also kind of how I made the transition into that work. But hmm. um, uh, canned response aside, it's it's a really, um, really beautiful community event. Uh, we... We host it on the grounds of the Brethren and Mennonite Heritage Center, and um, it's it's yeah it's a it's a wonderful celebration of um, music and the way that it has uh, shaped and formed faith communities both in Brethren and Mennonite traditions mm-hmm. and outside of those traditions, um, and also the way that faith. Uh, shapes and informs the music that we sing um, for Mm. ourselves and when we gather together. So it's really a lot of fun. You, you should come down. Our music we write for the whole, like little, big, old, young. uh, And it's, it's an, it's an event for everyone. So yeah, it's, it's worth the trip. If you want to head down to the Shendo Valley, we'd love to have you come on down. For those who have uh, enjoyed enjoyed this conversation uh where can they follow what you're up to where where's the best place to to figure out what's going on with the walking roots band uh the best place is the walking and we've got a email newsletter uh there that you will be the first people to know of upcoming music or projects things like that uh, you can also find us on facebook at the Walking Roots Band and on Instagram at the Walking Roots Band, but we really aren't the best at social media. So, <laughs> you know, uh, just keep your ears out. We'll we'll come to your town. Sit, shoot us an email, the Walking Roots Band at Gmail. That's uh, a good way to get in touch. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll do our best to make ourselves known when we're coming your way. My students always ask me, they say, are you all, are you famous? I say, oh, we're we're not famous, but we're easy to find. So yeah, if we're ever rolling through your town, bring your friends. Uh, We'd love to share some music with you and get to know you. Yeah, Uh, I I should have said probably the most relevant thing is that a lot of our music, a lot of our catalog is on Spotify. So you can listen uh, on Spotify and then uh, find a place to hear us live because, you know, streaming music is doesn't do a whole lot for uh, making the music keep keep happening. <laughs> exactly. Well, friends, thank you so much. Uh, your music, your uh, your presence has been a real blessing in my life, and I know in the lives of so many people who've come into contact with what you do. And uh, it, it's a it's an incredible offering for not just for the church, but for all who enjoy uh, what you're up to. So, thank you for that. Thank you so much for being a part of Ing Podcast. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Ben. Thanks for having us. Next week on Ing Podcast, we're joined by a familiar voice. 
Reverend Dr. Dennis Edwards is with us to talk about his work as a theologian and author. A lot more people of color have been writing books and talking about what does it mean for our voices to be uh, to be more prominent. Or even when we look at the landscape and say, okay, we've got racism, patriarchy, sexism, so many of these isms that we're confronting. And there are some people who say, well, you know, the people in the margins have been talking about that for a long time. As always, we'd like to thank our guests and all who support Ing Podcast. Thank you for joining us on the journey. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review in your favorite podcasting app. And if you have something to share, send us a message at theing at menomedia.org or by leaving us a voicemail. Ing Podcast is hosted by Reverend Allison Moss and Reverend Dr. Dennis Edwards and produced by me, Ben Weidman. Views and opinions expressed on Ing Podcast are those of our hosts and guests and may not represent that of Leader Magazine or Menno Media. Ing Podcast is a production of Menno Media, a nonprofit publisher that creates thoughtful Anabaptist resources to enrich faith in a complex world. To find out more, visit us online at menomedia.org.